I hope everybody had a lovely Mother's Day weekend. We took a couple days off because of this, but I am so happy to be back on this Wednesday to give another sports recap. If you guys are new here, I'm your host, AJ Nance. I'm one of two hosts here of A2Z Sports Talk. You'll see my face a lot. I'm the A, and Zach is the Z. You'll see him back this Friday, actually, for that episode, which is super exciting because he's missed the last few, so I'm super happy to have my co-host back soon. But today we have to cover the NBA playoffs, especially game one of the Western Conference Finals that happened last night. And I look forward to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is starting tonight on Wednesday. The NHL playoffs, the Western and Eastern Conference Finals are set there. And another night in the MLB last night that we have to break down everything. And as you can see from the title of this video, some drama going down in New York, I guess in Toronto technically, but with New York and the Yankees. Before we get started, if you guys have not followed us on all of our platforms, make sure to go check us out. A number two Z Sports Talk on all platforms, the same uh, username there. Uh, We would really appreciate it if you guys follow us. I have to shout out TikTok. TikTok is so close to 10,000 followers. I believe we're under 700 away now, like 670 or so. And 10,000 followers is a huge milestone, something we've really been working towards. So hopefully we can get there sooner than later. So thank you guys. So let's get it started. In the NBA, as I said, the Western Conference Finals were last night, and the Nuggets and the Lakers, as you guys can see behind me, and if you guys have been um, following us for a minute now, you guys know I'm a huge LeBron James fan, especially if you follow me personally. I'm posting about him all the time. Uh, But the Nuggets versus the Lakers, the number one seed versus the number seven seed. I told a lot of people before this series, I had the Lakers in six, and I'm still rolling Lakers in six. Uh, But the Nuggets did win game one last night. I also predicted the the Nuggets to win last night. They had all the momentum uh, going into this game. You really felt like it was going to be tough for the Lakers to pull this one out. And honestly, the Lakers actually had a chance there at the end. If you guys looked at just the box score, you probably thought this was a phenomenal game, um, super close game. What did I miss? Well, you didn't miss much because the first three quarters was a blowout. The Nuggets were up by 21 in the third quarter, and I can't really talk about much more about this game without mentioning Nikola Jokic. Jokic had 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists. It's his third straight 20-point triple-double, which is tied for the longest uh, streak in NBA playoff history with Russell Westbrook. Nikola Jokic was absolutely phenomenal, and actually... I'm going to give him some credit defensively because I know Anthony Davis had 40 points in this game, but Anthony Davis was kind of mismatching against everybody scoring. Jokic held his own, and Jokic is a guy that I've been on him all the time uh, about his defensive ability because I think he's a liability defensively most of the time, most of the time. But he was great, obviously, offensively, held his own defensively. He was 12 for 17. Jamal Murray chipped in 31 points, five rebounds, five assists, 12 of 20 from the field. An unsung hero for the Nuggets for me was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who had 21 points, and he only shot three for eight from three, but it felt like every time it left his hand, it was going in. It must have been just big, big-time moments. He had a couple big-time mid-range shots as well, and uh, you know, every time we every time we brought a double or some kind of blitz on Murray or Jokic, Michael Porter, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, like these guys are really knocking down shots, and uh, tough shots too. I mean, at the end of the I believe it was the third quarter. Nikola Jokic made the shot over Anthony Davis, the sidestep reach back over his head shot for three. And I was like, yeah, 
it's just going to be one of those nights. Jamal Murray had one over LeBron where he was falling backwards and LeBron locked him up. LeBron actually gave him credit and gave him a thumbs up. That That's how crazy the shot was. Um, they were not missing. They were not missing. They shot over, over 50% from three as a team. They scored 132 points. With all this being said, they won by six points. And so as a, as a LeBron fan, as a Lakers fan, I have a lot of hope going further further into the series. I do still believe the Lakers do win in six games. The Nuggets won this game by pure dominance uh, offensively, and I'm going to bet on them not shooting like that all series long. As I mentioned, they were up by 21 in the third quarter. By the fourth quarter with about six minutes left, this lead was cut down to three. And there was a couple adjustments that the Lakers made, which makes a lot of sense. So instead of starting Jared Vanderbilt, they started Dennis Schroeder, which really worked for the Warriors series. Uh, His speed, his athleticism could really bother Steph Curry. Of course, Steph Curry put up some crazy numbers, but it bothered Steph Curry, made him work, tired him out, all that. I think their their idea was that that's what they were going to do with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is not Stephen Curry. He's bigger. He's stronger. Um, he's smooth. It, it's it's hard to put Dennis Schroeder in that same position and that same role of bothering Jamal Murray as he was Steph Curry because Steph Curry's coming off screens more than Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's more ball dominant. Um, so it really wasn't working. Dennis Schroeder did not have a great game. D'Angelo Russell did not have a great game. Um, eight points minus 25. They're going to need more from him. But the adjustments the uh, Lakers made in that third quarter, all game long, they had Anthony Davis on Nikola Jokic. And Jokic was kind of having his way until the third and fourth quarter. And AD's defensive presence was pretty dominant in that third and fourth quarter. A lot of that came from him not guarding Nikola Jokic anymore. The Lakers decided to put Rui Hachimura, even LeBron James at at times, and Jared Vanderbilt. They all kind of took turns. A lot of it was Rui Hachimura's responsibility uh, to guard Jokic. And they really put him on an island, and the the Nuggets did, and kind of said, Jokic, go go, eat. And um, Rui Hachimura held his own. The thing is, though, Anthony Davis was in help the entire time. And Anthony Davis is so long, so athletic, that he was in the passing lanes. If Jokic backed Rui all the way down, he was there to protect the rim. And they kind of used Anthony Davis in this Romer um, rim protector position, and it really worked. It really worked. Jokic had six offensive rebounds in the first quarter. He had six offensive rebounds in the game. That's all he had. Um, all that was in that first quarter, which he had a dominant first quarter, almost a, a triple-double, or almost, a, I think it was a double-double in the first quarter. He had 12 rebounds um, in the first quarter, so... I love that adjustment. I think that's something the Lakers can build on moving forward. Another thing for the Lakers, Anthony Davis, 40 points, 10 rebounds. LeBron James, 26 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. Austin Reeves came up huge in that fourth quarter to make this game really close. Just clutch shots when the when the um, the crowd was really getting into it for Denver. He really quieted them, quieted them down a lot. He had 23 points on 5 of 9 from 3 and tossed in 8 assists. The Lakers lost this game in the first quarter, though. Uh, they they went down by 12 early. They did not have energy early. I don't know if it was kind of an altitude issue or just an, an intensity issue. If they um, 
you know, game one of a series, LeBron, LeBron teams in the past have been known to kind of just feel it out. And it's what it kind of felt like. It hurts me a little bit that they didn't go out and get this game because it was very winnable at the end. Uh, there was a couple moments here at the end. I'll get to that. They, uh, Kind of, kind of let down in that moment, but the first, the first quarter was definitely a letdown. The urgency was not there on the on the glass at all. Uh, they did not have any uh, effort really on the glass. At one point, the Nuggets were out rebounding us twenty to three. Not very good. They had more offensive rebounds than we had total rebounds in the first quarter. Like that, that's just unacceptable. Uh, but like I said, they made adjustments in that, especially in that second half, and I really think. For the Nuggets, as I mentioned, to be absolutely perfect offensively. They really were perfect offensively. For them to win this game by six points, they have some adjustments to make as well. Um, yes, it looks great going up one nothing in the series, but I really do think the Lakers put it to them in that third and fourth quarter and really showed that they can figure out this Nuggets team because this was a winnable game, especially if the, if the Lakers played well in that first quarter. Uh, like I mentioned, though, Dennis... Uh, was really great for that Warriors series. I don't think he should be starting in this series. They need D'Angelo Russell to give more than eight points. He was minus 25. Um, I don't expect him to drop 30 like he did a couple times earlier in this playoffs against the Grizzlies He's he, and, and the Warriors. He did. He's a whole different player at home. He's literally Steph Curry on home court. I mean, he, he's dropping 25-plus, it seems like on ridiculous efficiency at home. On on the road, he's not that great. Rui Hachimura, a tremendous game, though. Um, but if you're the Lakers, you got to be happy. I mean, I, it sucks that you lose this game. you got to be pleased with where you're at, though, right? Uh, the goal is always on the road to start a series. You have to split it, and they have a chance to do that. G- game two is a big game. Late in this game, though, like I said, it was down to three. It was down to three at one point, and uh, LeBron actually... Had a shot attempt uh, with less than a minute left that I, I questioned a little bit. Uh, his three ball has definitely, as we all know, not been a very staple of his game this postseason. He was very efficient last night, 9 for 16. Uh, but he missed a, a, a really, honestly, not a bad look. Uh, just kind of rushed it, especially when he was eating inside. He had Jamal Murray on him. They kept switching just like the Warriors did where they the Warriors kept switching and having Steph Curry on LeBron. And LeBron would just slowly back him down. Um, and, and they were doing the same thing with Murray and he had a couple, uh, drives to the lane where he didn't finish the layup, but he was getting whacked. And so, um, I think he should have taken on that there at the end, but he did not, um, couple takeaways, I guess, from this, the effort and intensity in the third and fourth quarter that the Lakers showed, you're going to need that all game. And I know it's so tough in the altitude for anybody that's been to Colorado, it's not easy to walk in that altitude. I mean, I walk flares, uh, st- stairwells and I get, I get really, really low and, uh, you know, lose my breath. So, you know, playing an NBA game in that altitude, it's not easy. So the, the, uh, nuggets were 40 and seven at home for a reason. They are, um, they are built for that altitude. And so the Lakers, I wouldn't call it a must win in game two, but I think it's a game where if you win it, and you go back home tied one to one, just like they did the Grizzlies, just like like they did the Warriors, are undefeated at home. the The Nuggets are nineteen and twenty two on the road. You're looking really good. So, so game two is a big game in this series. Again, if you go the op, the other way and you go down two zero, you're kind of stressing a little bit. But all around, that third and fourth quarter was phenomenal. 
great basketball. I think this series, no matter what goes six or seven, I'm still riding Lakers and seven. Lakers and six. I apologize. Lakers and six. Heat versus Celtics, the Eastern Conference Finals. That actually begins tonight. So I'm just going to give my little, little. Um, there's not, obviously not a whole lot to talk about because it hasn't happened yet. It's not a recap of anything. I have Heat winning in seven, and that that's probably a hot take. I'm rolling with Jimmy Butler and them boys over there in Miami. And I think the game changer for me is actually Bam at a bio. And I know Robert Williams and Al Horford are the big guys for the Celtics. I think Bam out of bio um, can really dominate in, in this series. And if the Celtics win this series, it's because they limited Bam out of bio. Because I think Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, those type of guys can create problems. Even Marcus Smart for Jimmy Butler. Uh, the outside shooting needs to be consistent for the Heat to win. But I think Bam Adebayo is the number one key in the series. And I think he's going to have a great series. So I'm rolling with the Heat in seven. Uh, but I'm going to give my recap probably with Zach actually on Friday about that as well as uh, game two of the um, Lakers and the Nuggets. So we can move on to the NHL. The conference finals are set. Zach and I picked the Oilers to win it all, and that is not looking great right now. The Oilers have been eliminated in six games, a very chippy series with the Vegas Golden Knights. But the Knights win in six. So in the Eastern Conference, we have the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricane. And I had the Hurricanes actually winning in five. And the Panthers have been the the you know the great story of beating the Boston Bruins, of beating the Toronto Maple Leafs that nobody expected them to, to win. I didn't expect them to win. I picked the Bruins and I picked the Maple Leafs. And I'm picking against them again. I'm picking the Hurricanes. And the Hurricanes, for me, they were the favorite beginning of the season. I picked them to win it all to start the season. Uh, not only do, do they have momentum right now, their goaltending has got a lot of momentum going. Freddie Anderson really got it going at the end of that Devils series. Um, so he's rolling right now. And I just think the Panthers have played so much intense, intense hockey. While the Hurricanes have not been, I don't want to say not pushed, because the Devils pushed them, the Islanders pushed them. I think both series went to six, if I remember correctly. Um, maybe that Devils series went to five. But I don't know. I, I just think the Panthers going seven with the Bruins. They went they went five, I believe, with the Maple Leafs. That was high-intensity hockey. And I think the Hurricanes are built for this. Um, I love their head coach. I, I love the depth that they have. I love the goaltending that they have right now. I am rolling with the Hurricanes in five. I have them going to the Stanley Cup final. And the West with the Golden Knights and the Stars. I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal matchup. Goaltending is a big, big difference here. Um, difference maker, I should say. Jake Ottinger can steal this series for the Stars. I am going the Golden Knights in seven with this. I think them beating the Oilers semi-easily in six games um, and get getting the momentum because of that. They're getting healthy again. They're going to have everybody everybody uh, not suspended. Uh, Alex Petrangelo was suspended at, at one point. And, um, I really think if the Golden Knights get enough goaltending, they're going to win this series in seven. So I got the Knights going to the Stanley Cup final, and I have them versus, versus the Hurricanes. And I... Uh, in that matchup, I'm going to see how these series play out a little bit, uh, but I am definitely leaning towards Carolina. But both are going to be phenomenal series. Uh, by no means am I confident about either of these matchups. Um, 
I think the Hurricanes can can lose the series. The Panthers have obviously been shocking everybody all postseason. And I think the Stars, who who knocked out the Kraken in Game 7, I think the Stars are really built for this moment as well. Again, goaltending is huge for them. They have really a lot of depth, especially in their first two lines. Uh, all six guys there can really score the puck. So, um, But both series are going to be phenomenal. Must-watch TV. Uh, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs are down to four teams. We are almost at a time where it's just baseball, which means we're going to have to be covering some more NFL as the season comes along. We're going to be starting to give our predictions for all the divisions and all the teams and our records uh, like we did last year um, with some ex- one, with some success last year and with some very not success at all. Um, but we can, we can keep going into the MLB. We're here in St. Louis. The St. Louis Cardinals have been finally, uh, believe it or not, they've been red hot lately. They've won six of eight games. Nolan Arenado has homered in five straight games. We're coming off a series where we swept the Boston Red Sox. We beat the Cubs before that in uh, two of three games. And now we've, so far in this series with the Milwaukee Brewers, have split one and one. We won the first game 18 to one. Uh, we had 10 runs in the in the um eighth inning i mean it was just a dominant performance and that when jack flaherty was seven scoreless innings that was really good to see uh from jack in game two we lost that one three to two montgomery gives up three and five and a third he falls to two and six on the year the bullpen a great bright spot though jordan hicks andre palante and drew verhagen um three and two-thirds innings pitched one hit no runs that's great so the Cardinals are now sitting at 17 and 26. Like I said, winning six of their last eight. We have a great matchup tonight. Um, it was actually scheduled to be Corbin Burns and Adam Wainwright. They're going to push Wainwright back a little bit. And Matthew Libertor, who's been dominating in Memphis for our Triple A team, he will be pitching tonight. So a big, a big test for Libertor, a big test for this Cardinals team. Can we win this series against the division leading Milwaukee Brewers Brewers? Because that would be absolutely massive. I mentioned at the beginning some drama going down in Toronto with New York. Um, Also, the title of this video. Let's start with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is getting hot. Um, He has homered in five. He has homered five times in their last four games. A couple, couple, uh, two home run games uh, tossed in there. There's been some drama though uh, going on, and I don't know how you guys think about it. I don't even know how I think about it. Or, or my opinion on it yet. Um, so let's start with the Aaron Judge situation. He was caught side eyeing um, during during one of his at bats, and he he claimed that he was looking at some chirping going on. Some people believe on the Toronto side that he was stealing signs. Um, I don't know how I feel about that one. That seems that one seems a little bit of a, a stretch. The D- Domingo Herman one from last night is not a stretch at all to me. He actually had sticky substance on his jersey, and he was uh, ejected from that game. He went three innings, I think hitless ball, and was in, uh, taken out of that game. So it doesn't look good that he he was caught with sticky substance right after Aaron Judge is accused of you know stealing signs. So a lot of drama going on. I want you guys to let us know in the comments what you guys think about all this going on um, because – uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting uh, to say. I mean, to say the least, it's very interesting because, like, this is a New York team that's always in the, always in the spotlight, always in the news. And so, 
I was I really didn't think much of the Aaron Judge situation. You guys can go find it, find the video of him kind of side eyeing towards the dugout. Uh, but right after that, the next day, Domingo Herman gets caught with a sticky stuff, sticky substance, and he's had some issues in the past. Uh, so I wouldn't be su- surprised if there was a suspension coming for uh, Dem- Domingo Herman. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all with that. But the Yankees won last night versus the Blue Jays six to three. Um, <clears throat> moving on around the league, the Orioles win versus the Angels seven to three. The Tigers win against the Pirates for nothing. The Pirates have really fallen off from their tremendous start to the season. Um, as a Cardinals fan, I say this like every episode, but I really don't know how I feel about feel about that. Um, I want them to do well, but obviously they were, you know, they're still above us in the division. So I'd rather them lose. It's, it's, it's a tough thing. Uh, I'm like cheering for the pirates low key, but Michael Lorenzen for the tigers was six shutout innings in that one, which is great for the tigers tigers. I've been bragging about them almost every episode. They've really got it rolling. Um, the Red Sox beat the Mariners 9-4. to Yoshida with two hits and three RBIs in that one. For the Mariners, they're just hovering around hovering around 500. And Julio Rodriguez is a big, I don't want to say disappointment, but big surprise that he has struggled so so uh, so much so far. He's batting 217 with a 286 on base percentage and a 683 OPS. And this is a guy that a lot of people even had his MVP or in that in that conversation in the American League, so um, he's really struggled. He was in the leadoff spot. Now he's batting third in that lineup. Um, they're just trying to get him going, and by no means do I think this is him. Even the whole year, uh, Julio Rodriguez is way too talented, and he's going to get going at some point. The Miami Marlins beat the uh, beat the Washington Nationals five to four. I don't have many notes on that one. Uh, I know Lazardo pitched well in that one. I think it was six innings, one run, and Jorge Soler hit his 10th homer. Another disappointing team. We have some more drama in New York. The Tampa Bay Rays beat the New York Mets 8-5, to five, and the Mets could just continue to struggle, man. They are now 20-23 and 23 on the year. Justin Verlander was the culprit last night. Five innings, gave up six runs. He's only started three times this year, but he's got a 4-7-6 ERA. The two big bats in that order, Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso, their power and their RBIs have been there. I think Pete Alonso now is up to 14 homers, and Lindor is at like 27 RBIs. I mean, he's got a lot of RBIs. Uh, they've got a lot in those two categories, but both of their averages are under 235. Brandon Nimmo, who at one point was 350, he's down to 304. Their pitching has been really mid to bad, uh, and they're sitting at 20 and 23, which – you know, Scherzer's dealt with some stuff. Uh, he was suspended for for a minute there. Verlander's obviously been injured a little bit. I, I we talked in the off season if those two old old head uh, starting pitchers would work or not, and so far it hasn't been great. Um, they are too talented, way too talented, top to bottom, to be like this all year though. Um, on the Rays side, they just continue to win. Man, their, their star in this one was Isaac Paredes, their third baseman, two homers and five RBIs against the Mets. Um, here on Tuesday night, but overall, all season, they need to talk. We, we as a community, community need to talk about Isaac Paredes some more. He is batting 289, playing third base for them, a little bit of first base, six homers, 28 RBIs. He's had a really, really good year, and not nobody talks about him at all. At all, the Rangers beat the Braves seven to four, and this was a series that. 
they came in with the identical re- identical records, twenty five and fifteen, and the Rangers were really rolling, r- really rolling. Um, and they obviously won this one. MVP Acuna is going crazy though, absolutely crazy. Uh, he's on pace to bat three fifty with thirty five homers and sixty seven stolen bases. He homered again last night. Adolis Garcia also homered again. I hate talking about Adolis Garcia every episode because the Cardinals just let him go. But 14 homers uh, now for him, 44 RBIs on the year. And then the starting pitcher last night for the Rangers, another guy that not people are, people aren't talking about enough, but if, this, if we were at the All-Star break right now, he would 100% be in the All-Star game. Dane Dunning is 4-0 with a 1-6-9 ERA. Last night, six innings pitched, six hits, one run. The Houston Astros beat the Cubs 7-3, to and the Astros are now four games over 500. they They're really starting to get it going. The Cubs, on the other hand, are trending the exact opposite direction. The Cubs fall to 19-23 and now and 3-7 and in their last 10. And I have a super weird stat for you guys. We talked in the offseason about Jose Abreu and how his power as he gets older has been going down. We saw that in Chicago. But Zach and I agreed that when he went to Houston, we were thinking with a Crawford box, a very hitter-friendly ballpark, the power would probably be further up. Through 41 games, he has zero home runs, which I just can't wrap my head around. Um, he's not producing a whole lot either overall. I think he's batting in the 250s. But zero homers in 41 games is pretty alarming. Uh, for a guy that they had a lot of high hopes for so far, and, and obviously we did too uh, coming out of this offseason. The White Sox win versus the Guardians 8-3. to Shane Bieber versus Lance Lynn in this one, and Lance Lynn uh, actually got the better of Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber gave up 12 hits, 5 runs, over 4 and 2 thirds, and Lance Lynn pitched 7 innings, 1 run, 7K, 7Ks. Easily Lance Lynn's best start of the year. He's had a really awful year in ERA over seven going into this going into this one. And I really thought Shane Bieber would dominate, uh, but he did not. And the Guardians lose this one uh, eight to three to the White Sox. In Colorado, the Reds win three to one. The Reds are now four games over 500 or under 500, I should say. But it's still like a pleasing sight if you're a Cincinnati fan. 19 and 23 uh, for a team that I'm sorry, but you look at that roster, and it's, it doesn't really pop pop out at you at all. Uh, so for them to be four games under, and if you're you know if you're a Cincinnati fan, if you're part of that organization, you're 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 feeling pretty good right now. But where you're at, the Oakland Athletics with a big walk off win, nine to eight versus the Arizona Diamondbacks in the twelfth inning, and the, the uh, Oakland Athletics have now won their tenth game on the year. Esturi Ruiz, that's hard to say. Esturi Ruiz, a walk-off infield single uh, to clinch that 10th win of the year for the Oakland Athletics uh, with all 12 fans in attendance. They're now 10-34 and on the year, like I mentioned. One bright spot for the Oakland Athletics, and I don't think he'll be there for long because I definitely think he'll be moved at at the deadline. 28-year-old rookie Brent Rooker, 11 homers, 30 RBIs. He's batting 304, playing left field. And get this. He's got a 1042 OPS, which is the highest in all of baseball. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that that's 
eye-popping numbers from a guy in Oakland in his rookie year at the age of 28. So I, I again, I, I definitely think he will be a guy that is on the move moving forward here um, at the deadline. So a couple more series here that have, that played game twos last night. The Royals, who, are, who have obviously had a miserable season. The Kansas City Royals beat the San Diego Padres 5-4. to four. Salvi Perez is a storyline here for the Kansas City Royals, and he has actually had a resurgent season. We talked in the offseason when we gave our uh, catcher rankings about how he had that 40 homer season. We just continue to see these drop-offs and numbers, and all the analytics did not look great, especially defensively. But he's batting 289 at the plate this year, nine homers, 25 RBIs, and 866 OPS. So really pleasant sight for Kansas City. The Padres, on the other hand, have fallen to 20 and 23. They're sitting at the same record as the New York Mets, both teams with high expectations, Cardinals with high expectations, Phillies with high expectations. Like All these teams are really underperforming. Um, besides the Cardinals, it's kind of pleasing. <laughs> but um, I definitely think all these teams are, are playoff in that playoff hunt by the end of the year, for sure. The Giants beat the Phillies, the aforementioned Phillies, 4-3. to three to win game two of that series. And then the last series um, of of the night that happened, the Minnesota Twins, a very pleasant sight in the AL Central. They beat the Dodgers 5-1. to one. Kyle, For- Kyle Farmer with a homer and three RBIs. But the biggest storyline, the biggest storyline for the Minnesota Twins is their pitching. Bailey Ober pitched last night. Six innings, one run, six strikeouts. He is now 3-0 and on the year with a 1-7-8. ERA and their pitching is legit, man. If you look at top to bottom, let's break it down. Sonny Gray, 4 0, 139 ERA. He's been the storyline of the American League pitching wise. Um, a really big comeback season for Sonny Gray so far. Joe Ryan, who really popped off in his rookie year last year, he is 6 1 with a 219 ERA. Pablo Lopez, they signed him um, from, from Miami, obviously, 2 2 with a 4 ERA. He's been kind of average, but Tyler Molly was one and two with the three one sixty RA in his five starts. He got Tommy John though. He's out for the year. And then their fifth starter kind of filling in there is Louis Varland who has three out of four quality starts and he's sitting around a four ERA. Is this sustainable? Is this sustainable? That's the big question. You're talking about not big name pitchers. Sonny Gray's had a lot of success in the past, but he's been a really a roller coaster of, of a career. Um, Joe Ryan, is a guy that has not proven to me, to me anything that he's not going to be successful in the, in baseball. Uh, and Bailey Ober, another guy that's kind of, you know, is Bailey Ober going to be, you know, 3 and 0 and is that 178 ERA going to be sustainable? I don't know if it's sustainable. With that being said, I think Pablo Lopez is going to pitch better at some point than he's pitched so far. The the offense has not been great for them so far. They've, they've been great in the bullpen. Uh, I, I saw Byron Buxton is leading their lineup in average with 234. Um, I guess because Jorge Polanco doesn't qualify, I guess, uh, because he's been in the 280s now that I think about it. Uh, but the Twins have been a really pleasant sight, like I mentioned. Uh, leading the AL Central, the Guardians have kind of been a letdown. They have no power whatsoever. The White Sox have definitely been a letdown. Tigers have been a nice surprise, but they're still bad. I mean, let's be real. I like the I like the Tigers, actually, low-key. But they... It's the Tigers. Uh, it's just been a pleasant season for them. 
And then you have the Royals, who are obviously awful as well. So the Twins are kind of running away with that right now. We'll see if they can sustain that. Uh, that wraps it up for today's episode on Wednesday. Uh, we will not have an episode on uh, tomorrow for Thursday, but we will be back on Friday, me and my co-host, Zach. Uh, we will be filming that tomorrow and getting that out to you. So like I mentioned at the very beginning, make sure to follow on all of our platforms, A2Z Sports Talk. Uh, but much love, guys. We can't wait to see you guys on Friday. And uh, go watch some baseball. Go watch some playoff basketball. Go watch some playoff hockey. And uh, we will see you guys then.